0: Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast, but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast, and then, when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups, and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's ancho rfm to get started. Now back to the pod.
1: I just think now, every time I start, it's going to be a blooper. But,
2: uh... We know that this is all performance enhanced. It would take away the charm.
1: The one in 30% of the tests that are done are actually caught doping. It's
3: erythropoietin Sorry for the pronunciation. Also, I don't want to say anything but uh, <coughs> Russia. I love the
1: fact that you're straight getting into it with this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Nah. They made doping criminal altogether.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to All About Sports, the podcast. You guys are joined by a regular hosts Aniket, Mazar, and myself, Shubham. Before we jump into today's episode, for all football fans, last week we had spoken about Indian football, uh, how football is progressing in India, is it really progressing in India, what is the current status, and what the future looks like. Uh, so the link will be in the description, you guys can watch that video. Uh, but today's video is all about doping. Uh, it is all about... Uh, what, how doping has evolved um, in sports. Um, Probably doping has been there since the time sports started. Athletes are always trying to outperform their competition and sometimes they they try to use performance enhancing drugs. Uh, So we'll be discussing that. Some interesting facts about doping which I'd like to highlight is um, there's this notion that goes around saying, if everyone is doping, taking performance enhancing drugs, so is it really cheating? or is it just about leveling the playing field uh, so that was an interesting quote that i came across and uh, i thought i will i will uh, open this discussion with that so what do you guys think about doping and if if a lot of people are doping should everyone dope uh, is there a moral ethical uh, ground to it or does it just become a level playing field um, yeah so what do you guys have to say about doping
2: i think there our- are a few sports where most top athletes have come out and said that and this is a norm, right? Um, cycling, fighting, a lot a lot of combat sports um, until well Sida walked into USC and kind of, you know, uh, threw a wide net around that. But again, so, um, should it be accepted? Uh, maybe we'll find out through this point. But uh, um, my idea of sports is um, test natural skin limit um how good can someone really be based on how much they've trained now uh, an interesting take on the whole doping thing is since you are training to push yourselves um to exceed your limit <laughs> why don't you do something else as well right um i don't know what you guys think about that but to me um it would kind of Okay, not ruin, ruin is a bit too far. But if we know that this is all performance enhanced, it would take away the charm. So, I don't know, what, what do you guys think about that?
1: Just a few stats, I'd like for our viewers to get a understanding of what doping is like. Uh, between one and 2% of all the samples that are tested are found positive. And a survey found out that 20%, that between 20% and 40% of athletes will confess to doping if it's done anonymously. And also, uh, if only one percent of all samples are actually found pos- positive, and doping is generally happening around like say thirty percent of athletes, it means uh, one in thirty dopers. Uh, no, sorry, one in thirty percent of the tests that are done are actually caught doping. So doping does happen; it is prevalent. It's just about uh, how much testing happens and how many people get caught. So these yep. are just some numbers I wanted to put out there. Uh, and yeah, Mazar, what what are your thoughts?
3: Shubham, this is perfect. Because it's so true, Uh, sports has become or rather, uh, I think in general, since 1998, when the WADA was founded, that's the World Anti-Doping Agency, doping existed before that also. Uh, I'll get into that a bit later. But you're so right. Uh, Now it's a game of who has the better doctors and who has the better scientific developments that can help them or enable them to manage to get away with doping right so the olympics are such a big thing and that's a major reason why doping started to be the best in the world and and the thing is the olympics happen every four years right so when you win for four years people will keep talking about you and then they'll talk about you beyond that as well because. Then they'll they'll be like oh can can they can he or she do a repeat and all of that so basically you win one gold medal and your life is made as an athlete or any sports person for at least most of the major sports so I think it comes down to that now uh, and I think cycling is the perfect example of that so cycling had started and this doping talk started way back in the 1900s till the 1940s where they allowed doping as in it was acceptable till a certain extent like they were all allowed to use certain uh, enhancers that can get them through because we all know how they de- physically demanding it is and challenging it is uh, going uphill and all of that we get tired in going uphill on one slope and we're panting these guys do it for days together so uh, that's just uh, that's why I understand the acceptable part back then. Then slowly the rules came in and laws came in for to make it stricter. Eventually 1950s, 1960s is when they actually put in those rules. Then in 1965, they made doping criminal altogether. So it was just a sudden leap where they were they like, no, you know what? We were accepting it. Now no more of this. We want a fair game where it evens out the playing field. No one can use any sort of... Uh, enhancers or so-called things that can mutate your body to help you help elevate your game now um, we all know about who all has doped and obviously when someone mentions doping cycling is the first thing that comes to mind now i have another point to basically back up what gui said in terms of performance like of course it ruins the fun for viewers if you know everyone's cheating and doping then what's the fun right Because you can level a playing field by basically putting in certain things into your body or to get you up to a certain skill level that can match the best as well. Um, And why I'm bringing that up is swimming, for example. Uh, They had different swimsuits, technologically advanced swimsuits, which improved the timings of every single swimmer uh, during a particular phase. I don't remember the time period when they got these new suits in. But all world records were getting crushed at that point in time. And uh, then, so that was, I think it started in 2009 when they brought in these new streamlined swimsuits. And then they went back because they realized that, you know, there's no fun anymore. This was, I mean, so... Technology has advanced so much where swimsuits could help swimmers to such a level. So there's, it's beyond me to even imagine that, um, that um, at least all the people who can afford it and the sporting organizations that can afford it are doing it. So uh, it's no surprises that they are finding ways to cheat the system and not getting caught.
2: So that was that was my whole issue, right? So, um, uh an enhanced suit is available for everyone.
3: Yeah, in a way. Exactly. Exactly available for everyone. Um, It's not, it's not doing much for anyone
2: specifically, but when you're taking something to enhance um, what your body can do, (laughs) it's kind of, kind of different. Right? There's a
1: difference. There's, there's a difference out there. See, like how Gui mentioned at the beginning, when you talk about talent, if all three of us are athletes for hypothetically and all of us are playing football, Mazar, your talent will be of a certain level, Gui, yours will be a certain level and I will, like naturally we have different levels of talent. Correct, now, correct. The, the most entertaining aspect of sports and that what leads to debates and who's the goat in this sport and that sport is how much you can push your natural talent. So that is interesting and entertaining. Now in that aspect, if you get uh, uh, enhanced suits or like shoes or whatever, but that is equal for every athlete. They are getting the same technology, but at the end of the day, it's about pushing your talent. But once you start taking performance enhancing drugs, those drugs biologically work in your body in different ways. So not necessarily all athletes will have the same benefit. Some athletes, their body can uh, uh, work on those drugs very well. while for some athletes, can it can screw their health up. So again, that doesn't make it very equal for all athletes.
3: No, so Shubham, my point is not that. My point is if you can come up with that technology has progressed so much that if you can come up with suits that can crush world records yeah. in a swimming pool, just imagine how much they have already discovered ways to cheat the system and beat the drug testers and get away with it. That's my point. So I'm not saying that, uh, I'm not saying that uh, it basically that I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just saying that technology has advanced so much that there's like, my mind goes bonkers when I think about it as to what levels they are. They may be doping at all these top athletes or any athlete for that matter. So that was my point about
2: it. And and I think you're pretty right. So everyone knows that in certain sports, doping is rampant. There were attempts to try and control it. I think most people have found a way around it. Yes or no? Do you think like there should be a list of um, drugs which are not allowed like there is currently or do you think it should be like open to everyone like do what you feel like with your body and ask it to whatever extent. No. Just, just a question. Just a question. Like, I love, the, criteria,
1: I love no. the fact that you are straight getting into it with
3: this question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nah. Think... No sorry sorry. So since it's UFC Malu I just wanted to add one thing uh, before I share my opinion because I quite clearly know Shubham has a strong opinion on this point but <laughs> just put in another fact a couple of facts actually tj dillashaw uh, for uh, people who don't know tj dillashaw was a world champion in the ufc in his weight class he was absolutely dominant he's only 33 years old he got banned by the us ada for two years because he had uh, epo found in his system Now, for all of those who don't know what EPO is, it is erythropoietin, sorry for the pronunciation, but basically what it does is it increases your red blood cells, which means that it gives you higher oxygen levels, gives you a more aerobic state, which means you can obviously have longer, more stamina and just seriously enhances your um, performance. Uh, it's the same drug which is used by the cyclists. And it's the same one which most cyclists have been uh, so EPO, EPO. have been caught for. But what's hard about EPO is it's very hard to catch because it's red blood cells mutation, right? So it basically settles into your body. Anyway, uh, and one more uh, thing is Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar tested, failed two drug tests uh, with the UFC or rather with uh, uh, the USADA, uh, But that was for steroids. So, in terms of any drugs, so literally, what types of steroids and all, we, we don't know. We just know it's clearly mentioned steroids. So, I think UFC has already strict rules in place for what is allowed and what isn't. That's pretty much every sport, tennis as well. So, yeah. Sorry, Malu.
1: So, what I was saying is, about like based on what Aniket asked, I think uh, doping should not be allowed at all. No sort of drug should be allowed at all. Uh, There are are a long list of drugs that are already uh, mentioned by the WADA uh, as to if you're tested uh, positive on any of those drugs, then you're banned or whatever the consequences might be. And with technology advancing so much, obviously there can be a lot more R&D done, so that athletes who find ways to cheat the system, that can also be blocked. But at the same time, see now, see, this becomes very tricky. There are a lot of steroids that people take when they're sick, because they need those steroids so that the body can uh, recover. Like I think in the case of Maria Sharapova, I think when, when her doping incident came out, uh, she was actually taking those drugs for some illness or sickness that she had, but that drug also had some 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 uh, substance in it that can also be uh, 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 taken as as like a performance enhancer, whatever, and because of which she got banned. So stuff like this becomes very tricky. But if something like this has to happen. Then the athlete should actually be able to provide evidence as to why they've been taking that drug. Have they actually been unwell, and that's why they're taking the drug? Uh, so I think there are ways to work around it. But basically, my my take on this is that uh, no form of cheating or no form of uh, uh, external substance put into your body should be allowed in any.
2: Malu, Malu, it's only cheating because they said it's cheating, right? <laughs> if you if you open it up, it's not cheating anymore. That's that that was my um, intention behind asking the question. Like right now, it is cheating because it's illegal to do it's, um, so it. So, this is unlike an underhand serve. An underhand serve is legal. So, okay, it's maybe not uh, the best thing to do, but when you take a substance which yeah. you're not allowed to, it's illegal because someone put down put it down in the rule book. So, do, you, do we take that rule out or not? That was where I was heading to. But like some interesting things came up in your points, right? So, I love the fact that Malo brought up meldonium which is what Sharapo was taking, if I'm not wrong, used to treat um, basically uh, poor blood flow around mostly on the heart. So like people with chronic heart issues and stuff like, and you would be surprised. Okay, yeah, she, diabetes, she said, man.
3: diabetes, diabetes, so influenza, uh, basic stuff like
2: she, that. She said, she said she's been on it since 2006. Um, the, the response was that we've been monitoring this for the last one year. Um, since 2015, we've been monitoring uh, what Meldonium can or cannot do in terms of enhancing a performance. And we put it out there that this is now added to the list, right? So again, her case is a little... Uh, also, also I don't want to say anything but uh, <coughs> Russia. So um, a, a big one, a big, big, big one. They had so many sanctions. They are currently facing a few. I've got to applaud even um, the efforts of USADA and UFC because Look at there are some records which drastically changed right after USADA came in. So, just for an example, I'll I have some. You know, Johnny Hendricks went from a 12 3 record to a 1 5 record. If anyone has seen Vitor Belfort before and after USADA, they, they'd be shocked. 13 6 record goes to 2 3. Chris Weidman, who faced Anderson Silva twice, 9 0 record gone to 2 5. So you've got to commit that sometimes these efforts do really work as much as we like to say that it's prevalent, people don't get caught, it has an impact, so it's a not <laughs> so and this is the thing, like you have at least two sports where it is really prevalent um, and what I'd like to uh, say about this effort like, or, or how people believe that um, everyone's doing it, it is the norm. I think um, top athletes have to be crazy to do it, like but that is that is generally uh, the perception right everyone who is in the uh, average category is going to say that all the top athletes are doping but can you imagine okay every every tennis player has an instagram story a twitter post saying they got tested for doping yesterday today and in 3 days again so, i mean that and i believe that kind of effort is justified because you are preserving the ethics it's not about just health. It's not just about how much you push your body, right? In sports, um, it's a competition, <laughs> and I think you need to compete on fair grounds. And that is my take on having a rule book in play or not around doping.
3: What's crazy is I was just thinking about it. You know, we've covered UFC, we've covered the combat sports, and Gui you are absolutely right. It's mostly prevalent in that because I think any. Yeah. The, I mean, directly physical contact that you're exposing yourself to. And uh, I think it's understandable that it's used the most in that. And another example of physicality being a case, why doping is really prevalent is weightlifting. And mm-hmm. we are infamous when it comes to uh, weightlifting and doping. Our Indian athletes, somehow it's always our weightlifters who end up testing positive. And the saddest part is we barely win any medals. And when we do, It's a weightlifting medal. I already in my mind have discounted that medal saying that no, this athlete is going to get tested. It's going to come back as a failed drug test and we lose our medal. And it's happened so many times now. So I think the physical aspects and the physical demand brings it back to your point. People not being able to afford these fancy facilities and the -the state-of-the-art facilities. So then out of desperation and uh, the want to be successful, they take their chances. And well, if you're lucky enough and you get away, great for you. But if you don't, well, suffer. you know, one decisions. thing,
1: one thing that you mentioned, Ankit, about the records of athletes who were doping and once they stopped doping, how their records uh, drastically fell or whatever changed. Yeah. Um, now, this is just something I'm thinking of uh, uh, off the top of my head. Like sometimes I also feel it's a very psychological thing with athletes because they're taking a certain substance and they've had a fantastic track record and then they stop taking that substance. Maybe it, it, it also becomes a psychological thing that, oh my God, I'm off it. And will I be able to fight the same way? Will I be able to perform right. the same way? And then maybe they lose one game and they lose one match. And then after that, they're like, oh shit. Or uh, it, it was the drug that was helping me. And that becomes a psychological yeah, yeah. thing. So yeah, it's not I, necessarily I... like
2: that's true to every possible addictive substance or something which you believe I mean it oh
1: but it could be um, um, what is it called I'm so sorry you know you know thinking of this I remember I saw this one movie where a guy had uh, erectile dysfunction he goes to a doctor and the doctor gives him some tablet he goes home takes the tablet and then after he is he, he gets a proper erection and everything is fine and then a few months down the line the doctor tells him that was, was a placebo. Giving you a vitamin tablet and it was helping. So a <laughs> psychological
2: thing, really. that was the word I was going for, which I forgot. Placebo, right? So it does, placebo. So these and you can never discount how much of a mental uh, game any sport is, right? Sports requires you to dial in your attention, your focus. Like, and it's not just physicality. So yeah, you. I mean, Shogam has a stellar point in the sense that. So even if this person was on something which is currently legal or legalized, but at some point he believed that that is the uh, you know uh, the reason why he was performing XYZ or not being on it as like he lost a game, sure, their records could uh, be impacted. But if you look at some of these guys before and after USADA, I I promise you, Shobha you will be convinced they are on something. They, I will yeah, yeah. send those I photos. Agree
3: <laughs> I definitely agree with Gui because, and you'll just look at TJ Dillashaw as well. Uh, guys, he was the most successful in that short period of time before he was tested positive. He was winning fights after fights, became champion, retained his belt and all of that. And it was a sudden burst, you know, like you see it happen. Of course. Of, Everyone hits their peak forms. Uh, They just find their mojo and things happen. But that sudden rapid rise. And then when you look back and then you find out, oh, damn, he tested positive. He's been banned for two years. It really gets you thinking that it had to be the drugs. You know, it could have not been, obviously it helped. But it's just now that he's always going to be remembered and like everyone's going to associate him with that itself. So, that's one thing. Now, the other thing I wanted to add is, guys, please explain to me cricket, yeah. Like, Andre Russell. Why on earth would someone like Andre Russell need to use performance and I think even run? Shane won.
1: I think even Shane won.
3: I mean, okay, fine, but Shane won's uh, uh, I don't want to say anything but in terms of fitness levels, we know the difference, vast difference between Andre Russell and Shay Noor. Uh, Prithvi Shaw, sure, man. He just made the Indian team at the time. He no, 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 come on. Some Something, yes, yeah, something and...
2: which we don't know about. Please, Mazar be, be honest. There's nothing nothing has been written about it, okay? Which means he's clean. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Anyway. Anyway.
3: <laughs> no, but I'm just trying to like true, sometimes true. I just I, wonder, I... yeah. And Andre Russell, fine, Prithvi Shaw trying to <laughs> probably cement his side in the Indian team, which he anyway had. So, God, I, God knows why he would do that. Andre Russell is West Indies' best all-rounder, hands down. Secures his spot in the team. Plays and makes money in the IPL and all these T20 leagues that he plays in. There's absolutely no need for someone like him to do so, sometimes it's just doesn't, like, some. Why I, I understand certain athletes who may be in dire need. Like, I understand our weightlifters trying to do something to achieve something because they've spent their entire lives trying to become successful in that sport. They've reached a certain level. It matters. And at the end of the day, it's a money play for them, right? Money, uh, which comes... Legacy
2: play. For, legacy yeah. play. I think, yeah, legacy play more than so, anything else.
3: Exactly. So, I understand that. But for... Andre Russell? <laughs> like, no,
1: like, like what you mentioned, Mazar, one thing is what, uh, which I which I came across in an article, some of these athletes, they, they reach their peak or whatever, they, they make it really big in their respective sport, and maybe they do it by being completely clean. Okay, hypothetically. Then what happens, once you reach that peak, there are million dollar endorsements, and, and you're the star, and you're making a lot of money. So sometimes what happens is athletes they also start taking enhancing drugs so that they can sustain that peak longer because uh, like like how you mentioned it is a money game. When you're at that peak, the amount of multi-million dollar endorsement deals that you get, it is because you're you're the star athlete. You're making you're, you're the best performer on the field. So that is also a reason as to why sometimes athletes they tend to uh, take these enhancing drugs so that they can sustain their peak longer. Just because of the money.
2: Both of us are brought up money, and now that I think of it, um, the the glory in, in case you win, is is so much bigger than the it's it, it, it's so much bigger than the loss of reputation you face in case you're caught, right? So I think they just, everyone just weighs their options, um, and they're like, oh, okay, Olympic. Oh, also think about it. How often do you see uh, doping instances in a sport where most athletes are well paid? Cricket, football, but. Um, Think about the Olympics. Olympic athletes are not uh, really well paid, right? You spend so much time. You spend four years to train for an event, which technically pays you what nothing. It's nothing, glory. Right? It's just
1: glory for
3: them. Right? It's exactly. Pride,
1: so it's
2: national pride. It's, it's exactly. It's it's, it's, it's you <laughs> become. It's you becoming a hero. Period. So I think uh, the stakes are slightly higher for them in terms of what happens in case you don't leave a mark in the sport as opposed to footballers or cricketers who can play cricket till they're 35, play football till they're 35, 36, whatever age is except. Oh, 35 is just like, I think 35 was 10 years ago. Now you can play till 40. So, uh, both sports. Uh, you There is a league somewhere for you. There is uh, a state competition. There is something or the other for you to, there are much more opportunities in certain sports. So, you, I don't think doping sh- is that prevalent in most of them in those ones at least and Olympic athletes much more prone in the sense that they are in that state uh, where you are slightly more vulnerable to those
1: uh, temptations to dope, maybe.
2: I See, think for, me, okay.
1: for me what I think for me what I think like my biggest issue with doping comes down to like I think maybe two things. One is health now when you talk about health like for example if doping was supposed to be legal and there would be no issue you can go and do whatever drugs you want then when does an athlete know he has to stop? Like he can keep on injecting himself with so much substance and that can like have a massive impact on you. Now see, for example, bodybuilding. Now it is not an Olympic sport, but there are so many deaths that happen in bodybuilding because athletes, they put God knows how much shit in their body. So how do you know when you stop if there's like no legal framework in place? And my second issue, which I think is perhaps like a bigger issue, is is, is the sort of impact it has on society. Because see, all these athletes that we're looking at are star athletes and they have massive fan followings and especially all these young kids look up to them so if pro athletes are doping amateur athletes would also probably be prone to doping because yeah. they would they would imitate their, their their idols now see these professional athletes they have uh, sports scientists and doctors who are probably monitoring them so everything is in doses but these amateur athletes don't have it so again that can have a massive health impact so according to me doping can have a large scale so- uh, impact in society given the fact that these athletes are role models and they have like millions of followers. So if they openly say, yeah, I'm doping and that's the reason I'm so successful, it will definitely influence the younger generation. That can be a big impact.
2: My question around that is, suppose you make this the norm, right? You make it the norm that you are allowed to take performance enhancing drugs. So automatically infrastructure comes up around it, saying that we are, it's it's basically like, say, uh, you need to develop a COVID vaccine. So everyone got into that effort of trying to develop a COVID vaccine. Now, if you suddenly say that over the next five years, we are working towards a program where we are trying to legalize performance enhancing drugs. So you will have, you will definitely have people and this, because this is, this is as lucrative as creating a vaccine, by the way, I'm sure. Because if you, if you tell big pharma companies that, you know, hey, we wanted to make a few performance enhancing drugs, which are safe which we will allow you to test, which we want to roll for everyone across the board. Go for it. I think a lot of people are going to jump in. So that's that point where we can, where we should stop kind of gets regulated automatically because the infrastructure comes up around it in case you say that
1: it's okay to do. And but but I, I don't really think it does because, like, like you said, a lot of pharma companies will jump in the scene and they'll be like, okay, let's uh, uh, mass scale and mass have a mass production. Again, Malu, Malu.
2: Then, 100% what you're going to, I Federation, know, I, sorry, guys. I, I, I know, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. There Ooh. are anyway, there are anyway <laughs> any enough concerns about what big pharma does in general, right? And I know that because it's going to be a money game, things are going to get out of hand and the regulations are going to get wonky because private companies things like that with the regulation gonna go out of the window. So I was just posing a question because this is this is the easiest argument to make against what you said. That if there is infrastructure around it, if if there See, is because right now right now yeah. there is already a body, right? There is already a body to regulate it. And you everyone still makes the argument that it's rampant. So let it happen. Okay. We will regulate what is allowed in the sense that a lot of things are allowed, but some things are dangerous for you. So we monitor your health as opposed to monitor what you're taking. So we monitor what happens to you. So what happens to case those case. athletes
1: who do not have access to that infrastructure? Exactly. But they still do because they get cheap drugs. They put it in the system, but they don't have access to that. And then, then what happens to them? But but I
2: can still make that argument. Right? That's still happening. That's happening right now. Don't you think you don't think that's happening right now?
3: It is, but, but that's not see, the point. Right now, right? It, it's, it's if, very you, if you legalize it. Yeah. And if you legalize it or like accept or like a certain degree degree, there, all these other countries will never win another medal or win anything for that matter in global competition.
2: What I believe is that countries are
3: so highly advanced in terms of all of that, that it's either going to be deaths in the other countries who can't afford it. Mm -hmm like Malu said, or then it's just going to be that they don't have the money. So then they'll do something utterly ridiculous, uh, something way beyond levels expected. It, it, it it line, ample,
2: it become yeah, it's experimentation. going to become like
3: a medical cold war. It's going become. experimentation, and, and my only
2: issue is, my only issue is that every sport becomes like F1. So if you can do the R&D, okay, you can set up the car well you have, you have a brilliant machine, but the difference is, it's going to be a machine in F1, it's going to be humans in other sports. so that is, that is my, that that is the one where I think, that is why I have to draw the line and say that no, in, to answer my question, whether if, if uh, we legalize it to a certain extent or through like better monitoring and things like that, we accept the idea that taking some substances is fine. It's good is it'll never stop <laughs> There is there won't be enough regulation. And the risk in a sport like f one is you have a bad car because you your R and D just went overboard, right? And you did you didn't um do well enough. But if you don't do well enough in terms of testing a new performance enhancing drug, it won't mean a life. And you can't put the value you can't put any value on any life.
1: So see one example I can think of is like like how you mentioned if uh if it's legalized and if, if it's available to everyone. And how I was trying to explain that even if it's available to everyone, there are people who won't have the resources to get it, or they might get cheaper versions of it. So for example, today's sports sciences advance a lot, uh, having the best nutrition and diet is available to everyone, but still it is far more available in Europe and the US compared to a country like India. Now, in, Indian athletes can also get the same amount of, uh, of infrastructure that they're getting. But can we pay for it? Does our government provide it? Is there enough uh, like private cl- uh, clinics, also or private sports science clinics available?
2: So, mercedes versus so Haas. that mercedes versus Haas. It's, it's the same logic right some people i some people some countries just would be that far advanced that they do much much
1: better than the rest mazar what do you think Legalized? not legalize what's your
3: take on no that? definitely no uh, i've always been against it i lost all my respect for lance armstrong i've lost a lot of respect for pretty much any athlete that has been caught cheating uh, there are ha- there are exceptions and you can tell that from a personality of every athlete. Like, come on, you see their lives every day, and you know it. So, totally against it. No way I would approve of it. I wanted to get out as soon as possible from the system.
1: Go in, quickly.
2: One
3: no.
1: sentence.
2: One no. Word, yes or no? word. No, there's no doping. It's uncool. Doping okay. is
1: uncool. <laughs> even even I think even I think doping should not uh, exist in sports. Uh, To all our viewers, let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Like, share, subscribe. Follow us on all our social media platforms, which will be linked below. And we'll see you guys next week.